Ashley Robinson here. So we're about to make a lot of things make sense today um, with a very, very special guest. I'm super excited to have her, um, Representative uh, um, Roman, who is here with us, um, who is um, part of our very diverse class of state legislators that we have uh, on the House side. Uh, Well, diverse class that we have just in general within the General Assembly, but specifically, Representative uh, Roman is going to um, really kind of chat with us about what does really diversity really mean? Um, I know it's a sexy term, and this is just in our series of folks that we want to to chat with who were part of that um, that introductory class. So, Representative, um, I'm going to turn it over to you to to share, you know, how the legislature has been treating you so far. Today is the 11th day of legislative session, but um, tell us about your district, you know who you are, and and then we'll go from there. Um, so thank you so much for having me. My name is Rua Roman, as you mentioned, and I am from State House District 97 here in Georgia, which is West Gwinnett. Um, it's quite a diverse district. It includes Berkeley Lake, Duluth, Norcross, and Petrie Corners. Um, so for those of you familiar with the area, that's like up and down Petrie Industrial Boulevard, essentially. And, um, you know, I am really excited to be serving this district. I am also a Muslim woman, I'm a hijab-wearing woman, I'm a Palestinian woman, and so there's a lot there, um, and a lot of layers sort of to who I am, and yeah, day 11 uh, just ended, actually, just some for some people, they're still going with a lot of receptions, but um, it's been a lot, and at the same time, it's a slower ramp up than usual, because a lot of us just got our committee assignments, committees are finally meeting for the first time, we just had budget week a couple of weeks ago, so we're all really, I think this is sort of the big ramp up week that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. I mean, we're really starting to get into the thick of the issues now. Um, it's always a, a thing getting past budget week and, and starting to get into the 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 real meat of, uh, of why we're here. Um, so, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your background and like what pushed you to run um, and, and how do you think your, and, and if I need to ask you this question again because I know I'm saying a lot of things um how has your um your experience you you think kind of like catapulted you into this role because it's it's a very special and and I was telling uh, one of our state representatives that I um that I spoke with earlier like thank you for offering yourself to service because it's a special type of person that will run it's a special type of um care and and um, ability to, you know, just believe that, you know, that not only that you are the person that could be that representative, but um, that you um, that you are the, the right person for the job. So tell us why you were the right person for, for this particular uh, position. Um, so running for office was sort of an accident. Um, while I appreciate and understand that for a lot of people that seems weird since I've always been politically involved in some way, a lot of my involvement has either been through nonprofits or advocacy organizations. Um, And as you all know, being involved in politics can take a lot of roles. Um, You can work in the digital field, you can work in the advertisement field, you can work in, um, you know, just helping campaigns in the background. And so that's where I have mostly thrived. That is where my role has always been. I got my master's in public policy, so I can do more of that um, non-headline making, but very important government work that I really believed in. And As part of that involvement, my friend at the Georgia Muslim Voter Project invited me to a training for candidates because she knew that based on my expertise, 
I would be able to see if there were any gaps missing in that in that inaugural training, if they needed to add anything. And it was, you know, a Zoom call on a Saturday morning. And I thought, sure, why not? You know, I was, I think at the time I was probably like doing my laundry and listening in and just like taking notes and doing the typical work from home type of meeting. And a reporter was there who was covering the very important story about um, more minority women, women in general, being more involved in politics. And she wrote a beautiful piece about the, you know, Muslim woman in politics and the importance of that. But she started that article with Rua Roman is contemplating a run for office or like something like that. Um, the article had come out on my husband and I's anniversary on December 23rd. And, okay, that's uh, no coincidence there. <laughs> and um, Muslims do not celebrate Christmas. So a lot of us had a lot of time on our hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting these like phone calls and text messages asking me when I'm going to run, what I'm running for, you know, what they can do to get me to run. And unfortunately, with things like Citizens United, running for office requires fundraising experience that I did not have and I never cultivated. And I let them know that. Um, and so the conversation kind of went like something along the lines of, well, you know how to run campaigns and we can help you fundraise. So will you run for office now? And, uh, somebody went as far as looking at my address to see what district we lived in. Cause the maps just got redrawn and we found out we're in a new open seat. And next thing I knew, 15 days later, we launched a campaign. 15 days later. Wow. <laughs> but it's no mistake. And, and I'll say, um, as as a former staff person within the legislature, um, formerly working under um, uh, then uh, my House Minority Leader Stacey Abrams, that that level of staff experience um, is really it. It's a different type of um, intensity, but also a different type of experience, and um, and you're doing a lot of work. You're doing a lot of work. So it's it's essentially training you for what you're doing now. So it makes, I think, that transition a little bit easier for you. Um, so um, the Center for American Women in Politics um, that's run by Rutgers um, mentioned that, you know, 81 women is are serving out of the 236 General Assembly members that we have within the Peach State, which is uh, the most ever that we've seen, um, but particularly for you know, for you, um, I, I want to ask, you know, when we're thinking about um, um, women in, in politics and 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 having to balance uh, and thinking about who typically runs um, and who are some of the folks that are maybe best suited but don't necessarily have the ability to run, um, how are you balancing that? You know, you, you, you mentioned, you know, your, your husband and, um, of course, I'm certain you, you still working or, you know, you're keeping yourself very active and busy. So how are you balancing being a new legislator, also having to manage your your day-to-day? Yeah. So actually at the beginning of the year, I ended up transitioning jobs. So thankfully I'm able to just focus on the legislative session this year. And it's great because there's so much to learn as a freshman. Yeah. And I'm watching my colleagues who don't have, unfortunately, that privilege of being able to say, hey, I'm switching careers this year. And, you know, we're moving into something different, which means I get like two, three months where I'm just focused on this. And for a lot of them, they're literally just attaching work meetings in the middle of the day um, and at night working. In my case, I'm also doing the same thing as it relates to just prepping for what's next. And so, you know, you're balancing your home life, you're balancing your professional life, you're balancing any sort of family needs that might arise. Um, For those legislators that have kids, they've had to coordinate drop-offs and things change last minute and meetings get moved. And it is just a lot. 
And going back to our conversation earlier, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people don't realize that, frankly, staff are so incredibly important in the space yes. of politics. Because while, quote unquote, we might be the front facing part of that office, there's a whole team of folks who, you know, are running my schedule, helping me draft content, helping me read bills, tracking committee hearings, you name it. And so it's not like that candidates don't do anything, right? Like I'm in these meetings, I'm I'm proposing ideas, I'm proposing legislation. It's just, there are so many more of us than just the candidates that people see. Um, and so we really, you know, you build a lot of trust and you kind of have to be good at delegating or else you're just really going to drown. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe pivoting, you talked about your um, your background in, in policy and, you know, being able to um, kind of more easily kind of transition into the policy making portion of, of your, your work within the legislature. What are some of your big issues or things? I mean, are you, are you going to use, not to say that you won't use this time to, to legislate, of course, but um, are there any big issues that you that you yourself um, are going to focus on and things that we should be on the lookout for from you? Yeah. So first and foremost, I recognize that being the first Muslim woman in the Georgia State House and first Palestinian elected anywhere in the state comes with a big responsibility to educate my fellow lawmakers about the communities that I'm representing. That includes my district. It also includes a lot of Muslims. I'm not saying I speak for all of them, but I was incredibly blessed to have the support of my Muslim community. They were some of my biggest financial backers. They volunteered for me. They were, they really, I mean, showed up. And um, and obviously the Palestinian community for the first time felt like they had a voice here in Georgia. Um, and for a long time, they didn't. And one of the, I think there was a conversation about how the state legislature now looks like a changing Georgia. And I've been correcting that by saying, no, it's just for the first time these communities have learned how to build that capacity and that infrastructure to have the representation they need at the table. Mm. So that's a very important focus. It's not my only focus, but it's always in the back of my mind of when I talk to somebody, what context can I bring that they didn't have previously? Um, My focus is my platform at the end of the day. Uh, I unfortunately did not get to be on the education committee, but I am actively attending or watching those committee meetings, trying to see what's coming out of them because a lot of people have heard me say this, but it's true. My teachers really played a huge part in who I am. They were there during a very pivotal time in my life, pivotal time in my life. I always say they like saved my life. And, you know, I really want every student in Georgia to have the incredible education experience that I did. Similarly, you know, making sure that folks have access to healthcare and what does that look like and how can we expand access to healthcare? Um, you know, we talk a lot about inflation and people like to use that for political points, but the reality of the situation is that people can't afford to put food on the table and it's getting harder and harder and they have to pick up two, three, four jobs. And then we turn around, and we say, oh, look, they're absentee parents. And you can't have a serious conversation about student behavior if you're not talking about how you're supporting the whole of the student and the family. So how can we bring that voice to the table? Um, and also, I'm learning a lot that's really made me passionate about those things. For example, EMS is not an essential service in Georgia you know, could we make that one? What does that mean for the state? Could it be a benefit? And so, you know, you kind of go into it with a vision and, and a moral compass and a foundation that's really important. And then you look around and you go, what is the most immediate need? And you sort of triage that while you work towards those long-term term goals that I just mentioned. Gotcha. So um, we're going to wrap up here in a bit, but I do have a fun question for you. Um, 
What is your guilty pleasure music? <laughs> I laugh because uh, as basic as it sounds, I am a total Swifty. Uh, I already made a Taylor Swift reference in my first well speech. I was trying to like practice one and was recognizing my husband and I's uh, uh, anniversary. And, um, you know, anytime I just need a second to turn off my brain, it's just something about that constant in my life of growing up with her music and just it being there uh, has always sort of been uh, a source of joy for me. And I know a lot of people judge me for it. Um, but you know, <laughs> this is it, really a judgment free zone. It is, <laughs> it is uh, it's something that I really enjoy. So I love knowing this about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, a representative, thank you so much for your time. But more than anything, thank you for your service. Thank you for offering yourself to service, even if it was an accident, which I don't believe it was. Um, <laughs> we are so lucky to have you in the legislature. And we really wish you, um, not only for myself, but the people of Georgia and, of course, the team here at Progress Georgia, we wish you the best um, in this first legislative session. Um, and... We're looking forward to a lot of really big things from you. So thank you so much for your time today. And um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah.